0: Greg how's it going how's everybody doing this year
1: we're doing great how was your summer
0: uh summer was good summer was good it was it was good I I heard you made an appearance on Nantucket I did you know, Courtney got married you guys had a big you guys had a big summer huh we uh
1: we did I was actually over there on Saturday and uh I was nearly struck by a biker I, I feel like people who are riding their bikes around you you occasionally I think ride your bike around Nantucket don't you Bill
0: all the time, yeah. so I would you, never run. I would never run you over. Might do some damage. to am a, bike. Chef, a biker.
1: <laughs> But do you alert people on the sidewalk? Do you like you give them like a hey, you know, I'm coming by on the left or something?
0: Yeah, of course. But there's not. I don't really ride much in in traffic areas. It's more on the bike paths and you know out on, you know, out where you can ride. If it's in town and around that, I'd usually just walk. So, a respectful yeah, rider. Yeah. Yeah. The, all right, well. uh, yeah but the, the power bikes they're they're a little bit of an issue now. They didn't used to be, but now those those power bikes and power scooters and all that there's a little more juice um, uh, on some of those vehicles than than the, uh, the the true manual ones. But yeah, we'll work on that.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Bill, another year, another
2: training camp. Uh, you know every year you've talked about this before new team, new challenges What have been some of the things that you saw throughout the, you know, first few weeks of, of training camp with this team, uh, both on the offensive side and the defense side of the football.
0: Uh, well, I mean, it's training camps the way it usually is. We all have to establish or reestablish our level of performance in a new year. And, um, been a long time since we played football it's been a long time since we coached football and you know we've had all season preparations and meetings and practices you know some spring type practices you know things like that but that's all really just preparation it's not it's not the final execution it's not execution in in the way or in the um, you know, it's not not in the way that's going to be in in games and and in pads so we all have to reestablish that every year and, and that's what we're doing. It starts with fundamentals. It starts with the basics and, and then you build up your, your scheme and, and the execution between uh, individual players like a guard and a tackler or a quarterback and a receiver or a defensive lineman and a linebacker. And, and then you build that to group and execution and, and ultimately team execution with substitutions and You know things that happen quickly in the games and end of the game situations and two minute drives and things like that. So it's a you know it's a developmental process that that takes a while and you know honestly it really takes till about the middle of the season until you you know you really have those things in place. You always want them done sooner and they're going to come up sooner, but um, you know it's just it takes a while every year and so that's what we're going through for all of us, coaches, players. Doesn't matter. It's it's the same for all of us. We all have a lot of work to do.
3: Bill, I know on the first day of training camp, you said that Mac and his uh, performance improved dramatically, uh, which was music to my ears as a Mac fan. But since then, have you seen that grow? And what's been the most dramatic part about his play that's improved?
0: Yeah. Well, again, what I referred to at that point in time was what what happened in the off season, which is you know all that we can evaluate, and I would say that. Um, you know, Mac, Mac worked very hard in the offseason on all levels physically, um, and understanding our offense, understanding defense, just putting things together, uh, as did, you know, all of our second year players. I think we saw that from, from the entire group, but, uh, you know, Mac at his position, um, there's just more to it, and, you know, he definitely led the way. I think in training camp, all the players that, um, showed that kind of work ethic and improvement in the off season. That's certainly carried over at training camp. Again, what we need to do as a team is to continue to, you know, build our team execution. And uh, and that's that's everybody. That's coaching, playing and so forth. And everybody's trying to do it right. Um, we have a hard working group. They they go out there and, and you know work hard every day. Uh, and we've improved and we're just gonna have to continue to um, you know work things out from an execution standpoint in in all three areas of the game. And um, I think Matt's done a great job of, of taking leadership role in the offense and, and doing that. But there, you know, there are things that he can do better, that we all can do better. Uh, and that's, you know, that's what our emphasis will be this week. And, and then there'll be other things next week for uh, the following week. So that's, you know, that's just part of the process that we're in. It's not going to go out there the first, first few days and have everything fall into place. It's, that's just unrealistic,
1: Bill. When it when it uh, you said in July that you aren't big on on titles over there, have you found it odd that there's been a bit of a like a frenzy media wise on on uh, why you haven't named somebody an an offensive coordinator?
0: I'm really not too concerned about that. I mean, we there have been many years where we haven't had titles i don't even know what titles we've had or not had it doesn't really make any difference to me it's, that's not the point of it we have jobs to do and and um our staff works well together again there are a lot of people that are involved in in uh, all three phases of the game uh, ultimately i'm responsible for all of it so if you want to ask who's in charge then it would be me because have the final say in every area so that's that's the way it's been and i don't really see that changing
1: it's kind of the way we do it around here. I mean, I, I my title is host, but Wiggy talks more than I do.
0: There you go. <laughs> it, it, that'd be exhibit A in my, uh, in my uh, uh, explanation of that. Thank you.
2: Bill, one of the things we were able to do, like you said, everything has changed. It's going to be, you know, first year with without Josh McDaniels. We were able to talk to Charlie Weiss and, One of the things that he talked about is how you know calling games and having that uh, like that chemistry and that feel. I know that Joe Judge has been able to do it. Matt Patricia. There's also been reports that you've done a little bit of it. What are some of the things that you find maybe to be a little bit challenging in that position when you're calling plays uh, versus you know kind of being being in a different light of the the kind of the football and saying, all right, now I'm on a back burner a little bit, but now I'm thrust into calling some of that plays. What are some of the difficult things that you found in doing that?
0: Uh, Well, I'm not going to take anything away from um, Charlie or Josh or Billy O'Brien or anybody. That's not the point but no matter who the play caller is in any area, offense, defense, or special teams, there are other people that are, you know, part of that. So uh, for example, Dante, you know, had a lot of input into the running game and the protections, um, you know, the receiver coaches would have input into the routes that we were calling based on the way that the corners or safeties were playing. And, and the quarterback, you know, when he came off, we'd talk about those things after the series. And, and, you know, when you see the coaches or the coaches and players working on the sideline, that's exactly what we're doing. And we're preparing to uh, call the next the next series of plays. Um, and, and ultimately, somebody will make that call. Um, and as I said, I would have the final say on that. So if there's something that I didn't want to call, we wouldn't call it. Or something I did want to call, then we would call it. Uh, But that input comes from other people. So, you know, offensively, whether it's, you know, Nick and um, Vinny, you know, Ross, Troy, I mean, there there are a number of, you know, ways, Joe, you know, that, hey, this next situation, we could do this, or they're playing this this way, we need to, you know, stay away from this and do more of that, or, hey, we didn't have this call, but, you know, if we'd run this type of play and they're in this, this is going to be a problem, or, you know, whatever it happens to be, so. There's the the communication of the of the offensive and defensive staffs is is critical to any you know any any process and ultimately who calls the plays is um you know I mean I'm, I'm not minimizing that I'm not saying that but there's a process that goes through it and a lot of times the play caller makes plays based on the recommendations or the uh, information that he's received from other people on the staff and it's a collaborative effort so you know. That's we'll, we'll we'll get him called. I mean, don't worry about that.'ll we'll, we'll get him called.
3: Bill, I know However a lot the of
0: process worked yeah. out.
3: <laughs> I know a lot of people were uh, interested in Kendrick Bourne and his absence on Friday. I know you said that he was unavailable to play, uh, but I did read that he made the trip to Vegas. Uh, and with Taekwon Thornton and in his injury, is the focus for Kendrick this week with the Raiders and the joint practice going to be uh, maybe more so than, than it would have been if if Taekwon was healthy?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the short answer to that question is no. Each player can only control his own situation. He can't do anything about anybody else's um, situation or availability or anything else. So, you know, each player that's out here is here for a purpose, and that's to get the most out of the opportunity that they have, um, you know, to compete and and, uh, to execute our plays and, and to compete against, you know, a good football team that we know is well-coached, you know, by Josh and, and his Raider staff. So we all have that same opportunity, and, and we're all here to take advantage of that. And if somebody isn't available, um, then unfortunately they're not available, but that doesn't change what any of us would do. Um, you know, we have our opportunity to improve and compete, and, and so each person that's here in whatever capacity they're in that, that's what I would expect them to do, and that's that's what they would do. I wouldn't expect anybody to do less just because somebody else was here. Everybody's here to do their best, and that's that's. I think that's what we're going to get.
1: Bill Julian Edelman told Rich Eisen this week that he still has some football left, and uh, do you agree? And any chance you reached out to him?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I talked to Julian. I talked to Julian. Um, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I talk to him fairly regularly, so. Um, yeah, I don't know about him talking to Rich Eisen and all that. He just asked Julian about that. I don't know.
2: Bill, one of the things that, you know, watching this game on Friday and the reports coming out of training camp have been positive about the D-line, and I know that you talk about up front, that's where the game starts, both sides of the football. But when you look at your D line, I think that you see a, a group of guys that are able to do a lot of different things. And especially, the one thing I notice is really get after the quarterback. What what has impressed you the most with you know those guys up front this training camp?
0: Well, I mean, overall, it's a uh, we get is overall it's a competitive group. Um, They work hard. They've been healthy, so they're out there every day, and as you know, if you're out there every day and you work hard, you get better and you improve, and we always everybody wants to be healthy. We want as many healthy players as we can have, but we need to work hard in order to to make those improvements, and when those two things come together, then that's generally the result that you're going to see, and so um, we've been fortunate that You know, those guys have been able to, you know, maintain a good work pace um, and be out there consistently and improve from day to day. And ultimately, when you stack those together over a period of time, you see, you know, real growth and not only in the individual, but also in the unit and the familiarity of playing in different combinations or with different teammates beside you and and the communication that goes with that and the execution that goes with it. I mean, playing so close to somebody that it really – you know, it really helps to understand how to how to play with that person, um, and and they're different. You know, we have players that have different physical makeup and different playing styles. Um, good players, but just different. And so, working with different combinations is that's part of the whole process too. So, um, we're continuing to grind forward on that, and at all positions, not just the defensive line, but but that group has. Uh, has like i said worked hard and healthy um I mean, wise missed a couple of practices but overall been uh a, a really good camp for the for the front seven
2: bill richard seymour was inducted into the hall of fame a couple weeks ago do you feel like these patriots teams that have won six championships have been underrepresented in canton and if so how does that why do you think that is
0: Yeah, I, I don't know I mean I'm not really going to get into that my comments about the Hall of Fame are on the record um, so nothing's really changed there it's there's there's not a criteria for the Hall of Fame so until there is one it's everybody's got their own opinion on it and you know that's that's what it is but happy for Richard uh, happy for our um, you know pro football Hall of Fame inductees and also um you know, the Patriots Hall of Fame inductees, which this year will include, um, you know, Vince. But, um, you know, hopefully more of those guys will get recognized. I'm sure they will, you know, as as time goes along. Um, You know, it sounds like there may be some momentum for for Rodney. Certainly he would be near the top of my list uh, of players that, you know, have had great careers and, and won championships here. So... You know, hopefully we'll see Robert and Rodney and, and then eventually some of the players who are still playing or just recently finished playing, like Rob and Tom, guys like that, um, out there as well. But all that's out of, out of my control. I don't really have anything to do with that, and it's up to the people who are on the committee, and you know, it is what it is.
1: Speaking of of Rob and Tom, did you hear the report this week from Dana White that he was trying to work a deal to get them to the Raiders? Was Was that of interest to you?
0: I'm focused on what we're doing. I haven't really spent much time looking at what everybody else is doing. We have enough to handle right here. So unless it's something that directly involves us, then I really haven't been too. I'm sure I'm behind on a lot of things.
3: Bill, I saw James White uh, during the broadcast on Friday. He spoke uh, glowingly about Ramondre Stevenson and, and how important he could be to this team. Have you seen h- h- uh, his improvement uh, during this training camp uh, from his first year?
0: Sure. I put, uh, put Ramondre in the same you know, category and it's far of the same conversation that we just had with Mac, players in their second year. Um, like Mac, like Mondre, are so far ahead of where they were last year. Barmore, I mean, go right down the line. But they're just so far ahead of where they were last year, um, physically, um, mentally. From the standpoint of knowing what to expect and how to prepare for the season, um, knowing what to expect on their side of the ball, what we do, and also having a much better understanding and awareness of what's going on on the other side of the ball, how teams play. How certain individuals play, how different matchups, um, how they handle certain, you know, how they handle different matchups, the, the, the type of player. They're all players are different, but there are certain types of players that they go up against, and, and they start to fall into different categories on matchups. And, and so, you know, they've gained those experiences as well. they found out some things that work, some things that don't work, um, and, and those are all valuable. So, yeah, absolutely. Andre is, is is way ahead of where he was last year. Um, he's had a good camp, and but again, all of our all of our players coming from year one to year two, um, they've all had good off seasons. They've all you know spent a lot of time um, in their physical development and in their football development, skill wise, fundamentally, and so forth. And and they're they're all at a higher level than they were last year, as they should be.
2: Bill, what's the approach? I know you know. obviously when I played, there was four preseason games, and that fourth game was really a way for bubble guys to potentially make the roster. What's the approach now with the third preseason game, and would it be in the last preseason game? Are the ones going to play a little bit, or is this something that you're going to treat more as what the old format was with the fourth preseason uh, game from the past?
0: Uh, Right, well, that's You know, that's a good question, uh, Wiggy. And just in terms of the number of practices, and as you mentioned, one less preseason game, uh, which is actually three less preseason games than when I first started coaching in the NFL, um, it's just less opportunities for the players in games, less practice opportunities and less game opportunities. It's the same for everybody, uh, but it just generally forces you to make decisions with Less information than we've had in the past. I'm not saying it's good or bad. It just it is what it is, and and so depending on the player's physical situation, if he misses some practice time or misses some preseason games, then you you know you shorten that window uh, even further. So as a staff, we just have to do what we always do, which is combine the um, all the different things that we want to try to do, whether it's getting players to play together, whether it's evaluating players, whether it's um, helping to build uh, conditioning with players, game conditioning as opposed to practice conditioning, which, as you know, are two very different things, um, and so forth. They're they're just and managing the player's physical condition, whether whether it's really that beneficial for him to play in the game or not, um, and so forth. So there's a lot of there's a lot of criteria. There's a lot of conflicting um, you know reasons to. I handle it one way or handle it another way, um, I'd say what what we've tried to do is take the joint practices and add, in this case, four extra. They're not games, but they're more than practices. Um, patriot practices because they are you know, they represent a competition against another team and, and another type of evaluation that that we can't get from ourselves. And so, if you combine those those four practices and the three preseason games, like those are seven good opportunities to evaluate an individual player, a group of players, how they work together and so forth. Uh, And then you have all, then you have the other practices that you have by yourself. And so that, that compilation of information and evaluation is ultimately what you have to make your decision with. So what we'll do for the game, honestly, we haven't even talked about, I think as we get through this week. We'll take a closer look at that on Wednesday and and then you know, decide what, what we feel is best based on how practice has gone. The physical condition of our of our players or individual player might be a part of that consideration and make a decision at that point.
1: Bill, this week is our twentieth annual WEI Nesson Jimmy Fund Radio Telethon. I I know during your time here you've had the opportunity to visit those who are fighting cancer at, at Dana-Farber and and other places. And you've, you've worked with so many, many people in your career. Uh, How has cancer impacted your life and and those that you've worked with?
0: Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's obviously a tough situation when it, when it hits close to home. Um, And, you know, unfortunately we've, you know, we've all had those in our lives, um, but it's you know I know that we we've, we've got a lot of a lot of smart people, doctors working on that. Certainly, um, you know, my involvement and support with the Breast Cancer Research Foundation is just one that I'm more familiar with. Um, you know, the the strides that they've made and the um, the cures and, you know, the people that have, you know, not had a reoccurrence and, and the su- breast cancer survivors, like those numbers have gone up, you know, phenomenally um, in in like the 10 years even that I've been involved with it um, or supported it. I shouldn't say involved, but supported it. And so uh, that's kind of one way I've been able to, to track it. Um, but it's, it, it's you know, whatever help we can we can be to that, uh, whether it's to the patients, to the research, or to the families. Um, you know, it's just just caring for each other is is just part of human nature, and it's, it hit can hit closer to home and you know different you know, different circumstances, but however you slice it up, it's you know, it's, it's it's tough, and I think you know. Moral support, financial support, and and just all this pulling together and, you know, having a – giving each other a helping hand in, in whatever form that comes in. Um, certainly financial is important, but that's – you know, that's what we can do. And and I, I think everybody – I think everybody that I know of is is involved in, in something like that in some way, whatever fund it happens to be or whatever um, – you know, organization that it is, and, or even if it's not an organization, it's just that it's personal support for somebody who's going through that. So uh, we've had some of those on our team. You know, we've had, uh, I want to say, about five here with the Patriots, and then we had uh, three with the Giants and one or two before that uh, during their career and then other you know others post-career. Um, so it's something that's, you know, been a part of, my experience in the National Football League, um, again, when players when players get it, and coaches for that matter, we you know we had that with the Giants as well, lost the coach to cancer, um, but during the season. Uh, but you know those are you know, it's it's, it's, re- it's real. And um, you know when when that happens, it really you know has a has a profound impact, and you want to try to do everything you can to to help the problem. Not that any of us are doctors, but we can we can support those that, that are and, and can figure it out.
1: Well, Bill, it's great to hear your voice, and we appreciate you taking the time this morning. Enjoy Vegas. I know you work a lot, uh, but are you going to take in a show or maybe like <laughs> an Elvis impersonator or anything like that while you're out there?
0: Yeah, not a chance. <laughs> not a chance.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> How about
1: Country a Fest trip. next Saturday
0: at <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah,
0: well, all in on Kenny Chesney, but, uh, you know love kenny he's the best so uh, you know we had john at the game last week and kenny come to the stadium uh next week so yeah it's good uh yeah those, those are those are two of my top guys
1: all right bill well,
0: all right we'll, have a good one
1: we'll talk to you again thank you all right thank you all right thanks. Bill, bill
0: belichick on a patriots
1: monday